0: Amen. Thank you, Miss Robin. Take your Bibles if you would this morning and turn to the Book of Revelation. Turn to the book of Revelation this morning. Last week we began talking about the end times. And end times, remember, Jesus was coming out of the temple as as he was there for a little time observing the folks who were giving to the treasury. Remember, we talked about the widow who gave all that she had. And then as he was leaving the temple, one of the disciples stopped at him and And asked him uh, and uh, told him about how beautiful the temple was. And we talked about the temple and the history of the temple, the beauty of the temple. But then he began to tell them the future of the temple and how not one piece of it was going to be held together. It was going to be destroyed. And he began to sit him down and talk about future events. And we began to talk about that last week and what's going to happen in our future. So the Bible's only book can tell us our future. Now, a, lot of, a lot of people try to tell you your future. Uh, you'll, you'll have people and say, okay, though, you know, it's gloom and doom, and you've got to go buy gold today. I said, someone, someone came to me this last week and said, you need to invest in this. And, and they said, what is your investments in? I said, my investments in eternity. And they laughed at me. They said, you don't have no Cryptocurrency? You don't have investments in this and that. I said, no, I have investment in where the moth can't destroy it, the rust can't destroy it, and nobody can steal it from me. My investment's way beyond the blue in heaven. Because, dear friend, that's what your investments need to be. Because everything in this world that you see is going to be destroyed forever and ever and ever. We're going to have a new heaven and a new earth. So what is our future look like? And we begin to talk about the persecutions that we're going through, the plagues that we're going to go through, the struggles, the difficulties, the earthquakes, all this coming to us because the Word of God says it's coming to us. And we stopped short of talking about, though we mentioned him for a moment, the main person that's going to be behind all of these things that are coming to our future. And that's who I want to focus on this morning. Revelation chapter 13, and looking at verse 1. We're going to look at this one who is called the beast. The beast. Revelation chapter 13 and verse 1. This is John. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And I stood upon the sea, sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Having seven heads and ten horns. And upon his horn, horns ten crowns. And upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. His feet were as feet of a bear. And his mouth as the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power and his seat is great authority. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wounded, uh, wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who, who is able to make war with him? It was given unto him a mouth speaking great things, and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months." He opened his mouth and blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And the power was given him over the, all kindreds and tongues and nations and all that dwell upon the earth that w- shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And if any have ear, let him hear. He that leadeth unto captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. He that hears the patience in the, in the faith of the saints and beheld another beast coming out of the earth and had two horns like a lamb and he spake as a dragon. And he exercised all power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doth great wonder so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six, 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 six. Father, we thank you, God, for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for allowing us to have your precious word, which we can teach from, we can preach from. I pray you would give us ears to hear. Help us to be warned of things that are surely coming. But Lord, not to be confused, not to live in chaos or fear, but knowing your word, help us prepare ourselves and tell others before it is too late. For these things which I read surely will come to pass. Now, oh God, I pray If there be anyone in this room. Father, if there be anyone in this room who doesn't know you. Draw them to yourself before it's too late. And I pray for us as Christians, God, you'd help us to trust you in the dark days that are ahead of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Who is this one who is called the beast that we read about in Revelation chapter 13? Well, I want to give you five specific things as we study about this beast. If you'd like to write those things down, there's a little notes on the back of your bulletin. You can write those things down to help you stay awake or just to take some notes or draw whatever, but I hope they'll help you. But first of all, we see the social agitation that delivers the beast. The social agitation that delivers the beast. Go back and look at chapter thirteen and verse one. He says, "And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven horns and seven heads and ten horns, and upon the horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy." I believe, though there's many interpretations of the of sea, and there's good men who disagree. I believe the sea that is talking about here is society. Uh, we know we are in a world that is definitely agitated. We know we're, we're in a place where people are divided. Some see, believe this we are as divided in the United States now as we have been, not since the Civil War. It's not really Republicans against Democrats, it's just really right or wrong. It's just really right or wrong. A lot of folks say, preacher, don't get political. Don't talk about religion and, and Christianity. Folks, it's, it's becoming basically just the same. You speak out against wrong, it's not about politics, it's about right or wrong. Abortion isn't a political issue, it's a right or wrong issue. Homosexuality isn't a, right, isn't a political issue, it's a biblical issue. Transgenderism, Marxism, uh, Black Lives Matter, all those things aren't p- political issues, they're biblical issues. And we go back to say, what does the Bible say about it, folks? And you need to have an answer from the scripture when people ask you, not what you think, but what does the Bible say? That's why we need to be students. We need to study the Bible to save to those folks who come to us at Thanksgiving or at Christmas or some other time as we're traveling, this is what the Bible says. From society, we see a place that it seems is, is a it's not correct grammar, but it's definitely the truth. The world is getting worse and worse, <laughs> badder and badder. It just plain ain't good. And dear friend, I wish I could say to you today that everything in society and in America is going to get better. But if you read the word of God, you cannot say that and be honest. The worst days immediately in front of us are going to be the worst in the history of the world. Outside of the time of the flood, it's going to be the worst in the history of the world because right now we have a space we call it the church age or the age of grace where people can be saved and the and the gospel is being preached throughout the entire world and and the bible says whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved the 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 table is prepared come and eat but dear friend there's coming a day of judgment and that day is coming we don't know the hour or the day but we know from the scriptures it's coming And who's going to bring that forth with this man who is so deceptible, deceiving? We see he's coming out of society. The Bible teaches that wicked people of this world are like the troubled sea. In Isaiah chapter 57, the Bible says, But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There's no peace, saith my God to the wicked. Two folks who can never have peace. That's the unsaved and the backslidden Christian. Because there's no peace. The people who don't know God, they're, they're, they're looking to this world for peace. And there's no peace here. There's no peace because they don't know the Prince of Peace. And the backslidden Christian is somehow trying to say please the world and please God. And a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. There's no peace. There's no peace. You know, people every day have a problem, every day they call you, every day there's trouble, every day there's an issue. It's like their life is a soap opera. You may have bad circumstances, but in the midst of the storm, you can have peace. Because you have a right relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, but there's a time coming in our society. Where there's going to be a greater rise in plagues, a greater li- rise in famines, a greater rise in the occult. A greater rise in earthquakes, natural disasters, political troubles. Those days, dear friend, are here to stay for quite a while. And what's, who's going to come to solve all these problems? One who is the beast. One historian called him said, this world has distress, economic problems and technology, and we are ripe to produce a new Caesar. The world is looking to find someone to solve all its problems. Oh, we know it's not in the White House. (laughs) We know it's not in Europe. We know it's not in China. We know it's not in Russia. Who will it be? Who will it be? The beast. The social agitation that delivers the beast. Secondly, the satanic attributes that describe the beast. We see in verses 1 and 2 about this beast. He says in verse 2, Admitted to the beast, I saw one as like a leopard, his feet were as feet of bear, and his mouth is the mouth of dragon, mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him power and his seat and great authority. Like the devil is the father, the, the devil is the father of the beast, like father, like son, the apple don't fall far from the tree. Look over at Revelation, the, the, the last chapter. Revelation chapter 12 in verse 3. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 3. It says, there appeared a, another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did he cast them out of the earth. And the dragon stood before them, the woman which was ready to live her for, her t- for her to devour her child as soon as it was born. Seven heads here represent seven su- successive world empires. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome and ultimately the Antichrist's final world kingdom. The horns of scripture symbolize strength and power, both for attack and defense. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 7, verse 24, and the ten horns out of his kingdom are ten kings that shall rise. The Antichrist will come from, this, from these ten and will not rule merely ten nations, but ultimately will rule the entire world. You see the devil spawns this beast, this antichrist. It says in Second Thessalonians chapter two and verse nine, even him who's coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. He is coming. Jesus said in John chapter fourteen verse nine, he that seen me has seen my Father. When you see the beast, you see his father, which is the devil. Which is the devil. What's he look like? Well, we read chapter. 13, verse 2, the lion represents the ungodly rulers of Babylon. The, he will have a, a regal bearing like a lion, a ravenous mouth like a lion. The bear represents ancient empire of Medo-Persia. He'll have strength of the bear. The claws will grasp and shred. The leopard represents the Grecian empire under Alexander the Great. His, his, his grandeur, his glory will spread rapidly like a leopard. He will inherit all the beastly characters of these former kingdoms. He will be the composite of the Nebuchadnezzars, the Caesars, the Napoleons, the Hitlers, the Stalins, the Charlemagnes. He will be a beastly creature and the world will receive him. Jesus said in John chapter 5 verse 43, I I am come in my father's name and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. And dear friend, the world will gladly receive this beast we've seen the social agitation that delivers the beast the satanic attributes that describe the beast but the seductive appeal that disguises the beast you say preacher you've described the lion and the leopard and the bear who in the world would want to accept some type of creature like that that would be horrid we cannot can imagine accepting a beast one of the one of the chief attributes of satan and, and the antichrist is their deceptive nature deceptive nature you see to look at this person you won't think beast to hear this person you wouldn't think wickedness ungodly son of the devil surely not you won't think this the the a lie is always wrapped up in some truth it's always wrapped up in some truth what is seductive appeal that disguises this beast if you remember, the Bible says in St. Corinthians chapter 11, verse, verse 14, that Satan himself is often transformed into an angel of light. This, this beast that people wonder out, will be, will, will, people will think, well, surely he's hideous, but no, he will come as an enhancing, charming, clever, greatly intelligent person. He will be, be a global charmer that if you listen to, you will think to my, himself, oh, what a leader he is what a leader he is. He'll be kind of like a snake. You now, a snake, if you look at a snake, man, there's some intricate designs on a snake. Or maybe a, 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 temper, a type of spider. You look at him, you say, there's there, there some neat formations on that spider. We were finishing up Thanksgiving, and some uh, big birds, those, what do they call it, sand? Sand cranes, we had four sand cranes in Turkey Creek. And we, you'll see them here or there. But we were finishing up turkey, uh, our turkey on Thanksgiving, and four sand cranes came right in front of our window where we're sitting, and I called to my daughter, "Hey, Laith, you come here and look at these sand cranes. They were beautiful. They're about three foot birds, and there was her walking across the grass. All of a sudden, I saw a black snake twiddle, around, and those birds jumped up and <laughs> did their little bird dance. But I couldn't see that snake from my vantage point." It was hid in the grass. But those birds saw it. And you know what? The Antichrist is going to be like a little a snake. Maybe beautiful the outside, but has a venomous bite that will destroy millions, yea, billions of people. The whole world will marvel, out, marvel after this man who disguises himself as a man of peace. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 8, verse 25, And through his policy also he shall cause a craft to prosper in his hand. He shall magnify himself in his heart. And by peace, by peace, not by the sword, but by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes. But he shall be broken without hand. A social agitation delivers the beast. Satanic attributes that deliver the beast. A seductive appeal that disguises the beast. But what is the ambitions? What are the sinister ambitions that drive the beast? What, is, what has he come for? What is his purpose? Well, we know Jesus primarily came to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus come, didn't come primarily to be praised, though he was. He didn't come primarily to, to be worshipped, though he, though he was. He didn't come primarily to do great miracles, though he did. He came for one purpose purpose he came to die for our sins so we could have everlasting life he that believeth in me jesus said shall never die shall never die that same person who was mocking me because i didn't have any investments said to me well what are you going to do in this life what's what's so good about what you believe because i told him i was a christian i said i will never beat that <laughs> how much money you got dear friend all the money in the world can't keep you from death oh this old heart may quit beating these these lungs may quit sucking in the air <laughs> I may close my eyes in death but dear friend I will never die he that's resurrection of life shall never die you believe it oh dear friend will never die but see, The devil, the Antichrist, is opposite of that. Why does he come? First of all, to defy, deify Satan. Just like Jesus came, and he came, and he always did those things which which pleaseth the Father, the Bible tells us. The Antichrist is come to glorify his father, Satan. He's pointing to the devil. He's glorifying the wicked one, Satan. As Jesus came to glorify the father, the devil, the Antichrist, has come to deify Satan. He wants to cause all the world to worship him. And that was the primary reason why the devil was kicked out of heaven. Because he said, I want to be, read it in Isaiah, I want to be like God. I want to be greater than God. I want my throne to be grander than God. And dear friend, there there are no two gods. There's only the God. And the creation cannot be ultimately like the creator. There's only one creator, and that's Jesus Christ. So the devil was kicked out of heaven. But the devil wants worship. He wants power. He wants glory. See, he comes to deify Satan. But secondly, he comes to defy the Savior. He hates the Lord Jesus Christ satan cannot touch the saints heaven so he does all he can to reduce their strength he will he will belch forth blasphemies he will destroy with his words with his tactics with his ways all those who trust in christ he is the antichrist which means against christ instead of christ he comes to deify satan he comes to defy the savior he comes to destroy the saints he comes to destroy the saints During the tribulation, there'll be millions and millions and millions of people who become Christians. But these tribulation saints will go through more difficulty than probably any people in the face of the world, the history of the world. Because to be a Christian, to be a Christian will cost them their very lives. To say, I know Christ. Now, right now, if you say you're a Christian, you're pretty much accepted, depending on what crowd you run around in. But, dear friend, you know it's more difficult to live for Christ in the United States now than it was 20 years ago, or 30 years ago, or 40 years ago. Some of you, dear folks, who are a little bit older than I am, remember when the Bible was taught in, the, in elementary school. Why, dear friend, you try to teach a Bible in elementary school now, most folks. Why, dear friend, they'll, they'll think you're crazy. They'll call you mad, and they'll try to set you up with a psychologist to give you a pill to fix your problems. Because you have mentally gone out of your mind. That's what they're going to do to folks in the future. That's what they're doing to us now. That's what they're going to do in the future. they think you're crazy. He wants to destroy the saints. He wants to dominate society. He will have global control. He will unify the people with one world currency, with one mark that we're going to talk about, with one way, worship me, follow me. And it sounds good, doesn't it? Peace, peace. Let's all come together. Let's all, we're, we're all on the same team. We're all in this together. How often did you hear that in the last couple years? We're all in this together. No, we're not all in this together, friends. There's two sides. There's those who believe the truth and those who choose to believe the lie. And there will always be two sides. There's always been two sides, and there will always be one, two sides. But this person says, oh, dear friend, we need to come together under the banner of peace. Peace, peace. We need peace. All these wars and troubles and difficulties. Believe in me. Trust in me. Follow me. And I will give you peace. It's false promises. He'll come to dominate society, and he will come to delude sinners. He will come to delude sinners. Look at verses 8 through 10. Their bodies shall lie in the sweet street of the... Uh, let's, let's go back to th- chapter 13, verse 8. It says, And they shall dwell on the earth to worship, worship him whose name are not written the book of life, the lamp slain from the foundation of the world. If any have ear to hear, let him hear. He that leadeth in captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth a sword must be killed with a the sword. There is the patience and the faith of the saints. He comes to destroy He comes to deify Satan, to defy the Savior, to destroy the saints, to dominate society, and delude sinners. He wants people to be damned. He wants to destroy us. That's why he's come. He is the devil's Messiah. The social agitation that delivers the beast, the satanic attributes that describe the beast, the seductive appeal that disguises the beast, the sinister ambitions that drive the beast, And finally this morning, the supporting supporting agent that declares the beast. Look at verse 11. And and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Now when we think about lamb, who do you think about? Think about Jesus, right? We think about this time of year, especially Christ coming as as a lamb, slain before the foundation of the world. We think about the baby Jesus, the gentle Savior. This one Who's coming is the mouthpiece of the beast. He's called the false prophet. He looks so gentle and mild. He looks outwardly so sweet. But he's not. He has the mouth of a dragon. What do we know about this person? Well, he's part of the unholy trinity, the devil who always mimics God, the, 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 the antichrist, who mimics the Lord Jesus Christ in this false prophet or one who mimics The Holy Spirit, you see, the Holy Spirit, when we get saved, he seals us into the day of redemption. The very moment you ask Christ to become your savior, several things happen. But one thing happens as you receive the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. And though we may grieve him sometimes because of our sin, he will never leave us. Paul, uh, David said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Because we live a sinful life, we make choices in our life that grieve him. Sometimes it seems like he's not there, but when we ask, him, when we ask God to forgive us of our sins, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us all all unrighteousness, that joy comes back, that spring in our step comes back, because we have fellowship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There's joy, joy, joy in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. You can tell when someone is walking in the spirit by their countenance, by their life, by their laugh, by their love. You do the things you love. Some of you ate a whole lot of turkey on Thursday because you loved it. (laughs) You You ate some of that cranberry sauce. God bless you. I'm glad you could take that cranberry sauce and eat all you want. I'm not having any of it. You love it. You love it. you got to have it. Some of you watched hours and hours of football because you loved it. Some of you ladies went shopping because you loved it. <laughs> and All of us men said, hey, you oh me. <laughs> you do what you love. You're here this morning in church because you love it. People don't show up in church on Sunday morning. Why? Because they don't love it. It's simple as that, folks. And all those other things, people say, well, I can't this, I can't that. No, dear friend, if you love something, you'll do it. I'm gonna watch football, unless they take my life, I'm watching football, that's just what it is. And wherever I'm at, I'm gonna watch football, it's just, I I, I love football. This old unholy trinity that we see that mocks God, that hates God, loves evil, loves wickedness, loves unrighteousness, and this two horned lamb is someone who's going to imitate the Holy Spirit of God. There's an unholy holy trinity. And what do we know about this person? Well, it says in verse 13, He who doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. This false prophet is going to speak. Oh, look, look so gentle, look so meek and mild. He's going to speak wicked, blasphemous words like the dragon. He's going to have the power, the supernatural power to call fire from heaven. Remind you of some people in the, in the, in the Bible? Like Elijah they're gonna he's gonna have power like some of the prophets of old had power he's gonna have the ability to call down fire from heaven he's gonna have an image we see in verse 14 that see with them dwell on the earth by means of those who miracles which had power to do the same in the side of the beast saying to them that dwell on the earth they should make an image to the beast which had wounded wound by a sword and did live and he had power to give life unto an image of a beast and that image of the beast should both speak And cause that which as many would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So not only is he going to have the power to to have fire called down from heaven, he's going to, there's going to create an image of the beast, an image of the Antichrist. Now, a hundred years ago, people reading this must say, that don't make any sense. But today, technology as it is today, I think just this last week Elon Musk said uh, that right now is the ability for cars to run themselves uh, electric cars run themselves if electric cars can run themselves and go where, where you tell it to go how hard it is for some creature some robot some image of the beast to do what the beast and the false prophet tells it to do it's going to have power it's going to have the ability to kill and destroy those who take not the mark. So he's going to have the ability to, 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 to call down fire from heaven. He's going to have the ability to create an, an image. And the third thing that he's going to be able to do is to institute the power of the mark. Look at verse 16. He causes all, both small and great, rich in power, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Though no man might buy or sell, say he that had a mark or the same of the be- name of the beast or the number of his name, here is wisdom. They have the understanding. Count the number of the beast, for it is a number of a man. With the number, his number is six hundred and three score and six. What is this mark? What's the mark of the beast? Why six six six? Because the number of perfection is seven. Man can never be perfect. We again are the created beings. We're not the creator. So six six six, three numbers representing the three powers of the trinity and this in this case the unholy trinity the devil the antichrist and the false prophet who doesn't take this mark will never will not be able to buy or sell many a Christian will die on this earth because they'll choose not to take the mark of the beast you say preacher that's impossible well dear friend again look what's been going on the last couple of years they already have microchip technology. I was reading just yesterday in Sweden. You can get your vaccine passport in a chip of your hand or elsewhere under the skin. I watch a video of a doctor putting a microchip in the hand of another man. And all he had to do is go up to the door and say, I, I'm had my vaccine. I can walk right through the door. And if that ability is prevalent today. What will it be in the future? We thought those things many years ago, so there's no way that can happen. It's happening before our eyes. The truth of the scripture is happening and coming to pass right before our eyes. What's the conclusion, dear friend? The conclusion is, friends, things are going to get worse for us as Christians. As an American, it it, destroys, I hate it. Because I believe our country is going to go through the worst time in its history. See, as I read the scripture, I see Russia, I see China, I see Egypt, I see lots of other countries, but I don't see the United States of America. I believe that we're coming towards the end of this great nation. And if you know something about history, you see the end of our country. You see see what's going on around us. And when that's going to happen, how that's going to happen, I don't exactly know. Maybe this country will be part of the European Union or some other other nation. But the greatness that we once had, unless there is a great revival, and I pray for a great revival, is gonna continue until we ultimately are destroyed. These things are coming to pass. I would love to say to you all today, folks, read your Bible, pray, and everything's gonna be okay. Just have positive thoughts. Everything's gonna be good. Just smile, love one another, shake everybody's hand. Now, if I had some more hair and had curly hair and an acrylic table in front of me, I'd probably tell you those things. But see, I preach the Bible the way it is to people where they are. I just got to tell you the truth this morning. Things are going to get a whole lot worse for us for it's going to get better. It's just what the Bible says. I have to tell you the truth. I can lie to you and say just kumbaya, folks. Let's all just join hands and sing victory in Jesus and enjoy your day. But Jesus told his disciples of the future events that's going to destroy the world. And dear friends, I have to tell you the future, too. It's going to be dark for us as Christians. So, said, well, preacher, man, you're leaving me on pretty sad news. I watched the post-game report of my team getting beat yesterday. And they asked Dabo Sweeney, Coach, what do you do after you've just been beat by your rival, which you're supposed to beat by 14 points? You haven't lost a game here at Clemson in over 40 40 games. You've beaten this team seven consecutive times. Even the Gators beat South Carolina. What do you do? You know what he did? I love what he said. He said, Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. Now, I'm going to say to you, dear friend, not all things are going to work good for everybody. For most folks in this world, it's going to be horror. Most folks in this world are going to go through the tribulation. They're going to be deceived. They're going to be believed the lie, and they're going to ultimately be destroyed. But for those who choose the lord jesus christ your friend there's hope oh we're going to go through some sad days
1: we're going to go through some
0: days where we're just plain defeated knocked down discouraged frustrated life doesn't make sense but dear friend ultimately i can say this without a without any apology and without any question jesus christ wins because they're coming into this tribulation time after seven years Jesus Christ with us who've gone up to be with him in the clouds for seven years we will return with him after the tribulation and we will be entered into a thousand years of peace called the Millennium and we will enjoy this world like it has never been enjoyed since the days of Adam and Eve those things are coming and after that thousand years when the devil rises himself up one more time after he's been put into the abyss for a thousand years, he'll be allowed to come back one more time to make war with the saints and the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will be destroyed. And the Bible says there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. I like new things, amen? And we will dwell with him forever and ever and ever. Sad days coming? Yeah, they are. I wouldn't lie to you. If I, I wouldn't tell you anything different. That's what the Bible says. But ultimately for us for we who know Jesus Christ our best days are ahead of us not behind us the question is today do you know Christ as your savior would it be a sad thing the day of Jesus Christ well, for us who know Christ it'd be a sad thing for those for, for those who are left behind after the rapture i believe probably in every baptist church in every church in the world there'll be a few people during the rapture who thought they were going to heaven but they put their faith in Attendance, or in a prayer they prayed at five years old, or in some work they did, or singing in the choir, or being baptized, or walking in the aisle. They're putting their faith in things they've done, not in a person they can have a relationship with. I believe, possibly, if the Lord came back in the rapture today, the there may be some in this every room who are still here, and you're looking around saying, What happened? There's going to be so many people that are deceived. Because that is the number one work of the devil even today. To get even people who go to independent, fundamental, pre-millennial Baptist churches to believe the lie. The salvation is about what you do, not who you know. Dear friend, do you know Christ is your Savior? Has there been a time in your life where you placed your faith in him? Do you know him? I love this quote that I read this morning from this dear preacher he said true Christianity is not merely believing a certain set of dry abstract proposition it is to live in daily personal communication with an actual living person Jesus Christ why are you here this morning why are you here did you show up just because you have to show up because it's Sunday morning you see friend I didn't come here for you I came here primarily for Jesus I came here to worship Jesus. I came here to hear the word of God. I came here to know him better. Why are you here? Are you here just to be here? Are you here because you know him and are walking with him and are talking with him? You have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know him? And for us who who know him, may I ask you practically, Are you living for him? You see, worship, dear friend, it's not just something we do on Sunday morning. It's not just something that happens on Wednesday night or Sunday night. It's your life. Whatever you're doing tomorrow morning, whether it be washing dishes or cleaning the floor or in the classroom, whatever it is, whether we eat, drink, or whatsoever, we do, we do all the Lord Jesus Christ. We do all of it. Every day, not just Sunday, is our worship to Christ how are you worshiping the Lord tomorrow in your place of work in your home in your family are you could you say with all honesty this morning I am living for Jesus I'm living for Jesus do you know him are you living for Him, Father we thank you for the day thank you for this opportunity to be in your house to hear your word to fellowship with saints, to sing these old wonderful hymns. Oh, Lord, I pray if there's anyone in this room who does not know you, they would realize their great need. The Bible tells us we're all sinners, all have sinned, and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. The Bible also tells us that that the gift, the perfect gift that we've been given is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Bible tells us if, if we confess our sins He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us small and righteous. But in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Maybe there's someone this morning that said, Preacher, I think I'm saved, but I'm not sure I'm saved. I really don't have a daily walk relationship with Christ. I don't have that. I need that. Preacher, would you pray for me? I have doubts about my salvation. No, dear friend, there's nobody looking around but me. But I'd love to pray for you if you don't know, that you know Christ is your Savior. Would you pray for me? Anybody at all this morning? Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I think I'm saved, but I'm just not sure. Would you pray for me? I want to know Jesus as my Savior. I want to go to heaven when I die, but I'm not sure. Would you pray for me? Maybe you're a Christian here this morning and say, preacher, I've not been living for God. I come to church, but in my day-to-day life, I've not been living the Christian life the way I should. Would you pray for me? Anybody be honest this morning? You're struggling. We all struggle, friends. It's not how many times you fall down. It's how many times you get back up. Would you be honest this morning and say, I'm struggling in the area of my life. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? Let's stand to our feet. If God has spoken to your heart through the Holy Spirit, would you come? Maybe for salvation, maybe for sanctification, to grow, to make a decision in your life. Realizing church attendance is important. Living for Christ is important. Being faithful is important. Maybe there's some area that God has spoken to you about this morning. You'd like to nail it down in your life. As as the piano plays, would you come? Some have come. Would you come this morning? I'm not saved, preacher, I'm not sure about my salvation. My Christian life is not what it should be. I need to make some changes in my life. Maybe you're not the witness you should be. Maybe you don't have the testimony that you should have. Can change that. Your one decision for being right with God. Would you make that decision this morning? I want to live for Christ. I'm willing to sacrifice for Christ. I need to do more for Jesus Christ. Is that you this morning? Whatever the need, listen to the sweet voice of the Holy Spirit this morning.
1: lord once again we humbly bow before you this morning thank you for uh, for the church this morning thank you for the message this morning and lord uh, evil evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse and as we walk through this world i pray that the joy of the lord continues to be our strength and thanks be unto god which giveth us the victory through our lord and savior jesus christ and lord uh, we pray that uh for those that are lost without christ that Uh, we take this seriously that the that a tribulation time is coming it's a time of uh, celebration for the saints because they'll be leaving this old world and being in your presence but those that are left behind we must we must reach them lord give us a burden for those sinners you came to seek and save that which was lost we don't know how much time we have we don't know how much time they have and lord i pray that you give us a burden as a church for uh, lost and dying souls and Lord, I'm glad that you look my way one day. I'm glad the Bible says he remembered our frame. He knows that we're just dust. And I thank you, Lord, for loving me and caring for me and the mercy you have bestowed upon me and my family and our church. You've been good to us, Lord. I thank you once again for what you've given us here at North Gainesville Baptist Church. And I pray, Lord, uh, this evening that you meet back with us. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you, Miss Robin. Good evening, folks. Welcome to North Gainesville Baptist Church. Let's take a song, books, and turn to page 311. 311, 311, and we'll sing the first, third, and last verse. How than that, we never get to sing the third verse. First, third, and last verse. Thank you. Miss Robin, take your Bibles if you would this morning and Amen. Thank you Miss Robin. Take your Bibles if you would this morning and turn
1: to the book of Revelation.
0: Robin, take your Bibles if you would this morning and turn to the book of Revelation. Turn to the book of Revelation this morning. God, I came here to know him.
1: Lord, once again, we humbly bow before you this morning. Thank you. Thank you.
0: By it all this morning. Would you pray for me? Let's stand to our feet if God has spoken to your heart through the Holy Spirit. Would you come?